This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Cordy Wright. And I'm your other sometimes host, Matt Scalina. How you doing, Corey? It's been a while. I know. It's great. You know, this past week, we had some great guests on. I didn't see you guys in the office there, so I haven't seen you for a while. I feel like uh, I almost want to say I miss you. (laughs) Slow tears coming down. I feel the same way. Well, well, this (laughs) week, we have Lori Suba and Loray Spindler from Scout Real Estate out of Calgary. You handled this one on your own, but uh, but I'm excited because A, I haven't heard it yet, and B, the Calgary market, as I understand, has legs. Yes, well, this is one thing too, and, and uh, although I did it myself, I'm not gonna lie, the ladies carried the conversation phenomenally. I was there more as a commentator to support them. They did such a great job. They went through and they unpacked everything from industrial to the office market to even office conversions, believe it or not. In Calgary, some of these office buildings that have been vacant are actually getting converted into residential. So they go through all of that. We talk about retail, we unpack everything. And there's a lot of excitement right now in Calgary as in Alberta as a whole on the commercial real estate market. And kind of they coined it the best as I said, hey, it couldn't have got any worse. So everything right now is an uptick, but things look really, really good. Lots of optimism. Gas prices were way, way up, which is definitely helping it. Calgary's done a great job trying to attract the tech market to come in and backfill right. a lot of office vacancy rates, affordability of housing over there. They're getting a lot more you know, Canadian immigrants coming into Calgary now than they saw before. So they kind of go through and unpack everything that's happening over there from university to tech to everything, which is really starting to spearhead their market and sort of slowly pull things back out. And I believe on the call, we talked about how they actually had a drop in office vacancy last quarter for the first time, probably in like six or seven years. And would you say right now, is that, are they trending the same way as other Canadian markets with a drop in office vacancy? And I know from previous episodes, Calgary has a ton of office space, but but is that the general trend? Are people going back to work or is is that an outlier? It seems to be more of an outlier, to be honest with you, because I think they said that sort of a combination of some office space is getting repositioned into residential units or even hotels. So that's taking away some of the vacancy rates. Plus, right now, you are seeing some people slowly come back in and they also have also have like no construction going on in the office market. So there's not a bad absorption rate that's coming into marketplace. Keep in mind, when Vancouver's done building out the 4.5 or the 4.6 million square feet of office space currently under construction or soon to be delivered here in Vancouver, we still have a third less office space than all of Calgary has. Right. So that was driven a lot by the oil and gas market. It was pretty much you know HQ for the oil and gas market in Canada and probably in some parts of the Western states as well. So 
they definitely had a major setback, but there is a lot of optimism. I think when you look at the oil and gas prices are way, way up now compared to where they were a few years ago. You have a lot more, I don't say halo effect coming off of BC, but we talk about the industrial markets and how desirable they are and how much they've taken off over the past year from a lease rate standpoint and an acquisition standpoint. And a lot of that sometimes is trending from BC where there's costs to buy. I mean, you can get prime industrial acreage in the highly desirable Balzac area, about a million bucks an acre. Over here, you're seven to nine million to get an acre. So you are seeing a lot of some vendors that are now going into the Alberta market and they're putting in things there that maybe they would expand further in BC, but just because of cost, they can't really do it. So there's a whole bunch of things that are working in their favor right now, it seems, and the ladies do a great job unpacking it. I didn't know this at the time, but it was the start of Stampede Week, and they took the time to join us sober before they got the party going there. <laughs> Fantastic, Corey. Well, I think anyone listening is probably excited to hear Lori and Lorey talk about the Calgary market. So maybe we'll just cut to that. Great episode, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. So we're here today with Lori Suba, president and broker, and Lorraine Spindler, vice president and associate of Scout Real Estate Services in Calgary. Ladies, how are we doing today? We are doing fabulous. Thanks for having us, Corey. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. I just found out before we recorded this, this is Stampede Week. So not only are you taking the time during Stampede Week, but you're sober still. We're still sober. Yeah. Well, it's the early stages. So this is what we call sneak a peek. Um, <laughs> parade day is tomorrow morning in Calgary. That's when the 10 days start. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So this is the pre-party. We still have our cowboy boots on, you know, jean jackets, cowboy boots. We're ready to go. So we're excited for the Stampede and excited to have it open and running and yes. back in full swing again in Calgary, which is well, great. We really appreciate you ladies taking your time out of your busy day and also out of spent to Stampede Week to join us. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and about Scout? Sure thing. Yeah. So Scout Real Estate, we actually formed what I thought was uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. It turns, or it was the middle of the pandemic. I thought it turns out that it was the beginning of the pandemic. So we launched Scout in 2020. I have about uh, coming up on 20 years of commercial real estate experience. Lorraine has about 15 years of commercial real estate experience in Calgary. And so we just joined forces, boutique brokerage firm, specializing mostly in office and industrial. We do do some retail as well, but our, our primary focus is industrial. And, and office markets. And we do work both on behalf of tenants and landlord owners as well. Amazing. So obviously, we wanted to have you ladies on today to talk more or less about how's the Calgary market been? How is it sort of coming back, if we can say? There's been some positive news over the last couple of quarters there. In Vancouver, as we know, it's just been chaotic over COVID. Yeah. And, you know, office market seems like it's bounced back relatively well. Industrial has been just lights out busy. How has the Calgary commercial real estate market been? And let's go back maybe five years to date. How has it progressed over there with some of the challenges that it's had? 
Well, Calgary, you know, we always have to have like seatbelts on in Calgary. That's what I say. So it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. Our market is driven a lot in part to commodity prices. So we're uh, in Calgary, we are oil and gas HQ for Canada. And so we have had some ups, we have had some downs. I would say we have had a down market for, gosh, we've been over five years for sure now, Corey. At one point back in 2007, our vacancy rate was 0.7%. Wow. So we have been tight, tight like Vancouver. And now I can share downtown Calgary. We are north of 30% vacant. And we have been for many years now. So that's, we've had a challenged market in terms of just the oil price and, and commodities. And we did have a lot of the big national, you know, groups pulling out of, of Canada. Uh, so they've sort of retrenched back to the U.S. and overseas. And so there's been a downsize uh, in terms of, you know, the oil patch and what they occupy. And, and what they're likely to occupy even in the future. Now, obviously, the oil and gas has driven that office market. Have you guys seen any other industries try to backfill or has Calgary made an attempt to try to backfill some of that office space by attracting new industries, maybe tech as an example, into the Calgary market? Yeah, for sure. So we are seeing tech come into the market, which is positive news for Calgary. Just even, I think it was last week, IBM announced that they're going to have a, an innovation hub in Calgary and there's you know more jobs associated with that. So great news on that front. It's interesting though. So tech has come in and we are seeing some diversification happening, but it, it's going to take a long time to kind of chew through the vacancy. Historically, as I mentioned, the oil patch was a big driver of growth in our market. And when those folks would take down space, they would often speculatively take down hundreds of thousands thousands of square feet based on all sense projects. And so they were big occupiers of space. And so we're sort of chipping away slowly on the tech side. So those those tech groups, they just don't take the same, you know, size or square yeah. footage we would see in the oil patch, but it's positive news nonetheless. Well I, I was reading, I think it was and correct me if I'm wrong, was it, I think it was this last quarter that was the first time in how many years there was actually a decline in the office vacancy rate. Is that true? Right. We actually saw some positive absorption. Yeah. So we uh, we have seen some positive. We've also, though, so it depends on what report we're reading. Yeah. But uh, as you, as you, I'm sure it's the same in your market. But, you know, we have seen some positive quarters. But most recently, we actually have had some negative absorption again. So we did have some further consolidation in the patch. So, you know, big companies suddenly saying, you know what, my footprint is not going to be what it once was. And that's not only, you know, just what's happening in that sector, but it's also, you know, what's happening in terms of back to work. I mean, it's a common theme I'm sure you're seeing in Vancouver as well, in terms of, you know, how many people are back in the office, how many people are back all the time? And and what does that use look like? Are we better to do more hoteling and different things? And maybe we don't need as much space. So we're mm. we're seeing more of that happening. But yeah, we did, we did have, we posted some positive quarters, which is a good sign, but uh, it's been a long, it's been a long haul, Corey. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, we had a, a guest on probably about a year ago now from the Western Investor. And yeah. I didn't realize this. And he sort of brought it to our attention that even after Vancouver's roughly four and a half million square feet, give or take, that's currently under construction, once that's delivered, we are still about one third less office space available or office space as a whole in Vancouver versus what Calgary has to offer. 
Right. Yeah. So our market, just to give you some context, the office market downtown is about 43, 44 million square feet. So we've got a massive downtown core. So it's much different than, you know, other markets where you may have suburban nodes. Like I know, obviously, greater Vancouver area, you've got, you know, different sectors, like you've got Burnaby in different areas where you've, you've got, you know, commercial real estate and people going to work. But in Calgary, we're different. We, downtown was where everyone worked. And so we don't have the sizable suburban office nodes. That's not to say they aren't there. There's, you know, certainly suburban office product, but we don't have, you know, these large scale suburban office nodes in our market. Everyone went downtown to work and everyone, it was central. Everyone came from the different quadrants of the city, our public transit, all kind of you know, bisects right through the downtown core. And, you know, it was a big, that's where everyone went to work. So there's some, there's a little bit of changing happening in terms of just, you know, how, how people are looking at space and, and where they want to be, right? So say compare, if we compare it to Vancouver, where you actually do get a, a very large congregation of people living in the downtown core now with potentially this office mm-hmm. vacancy, does it create an opportunity for landowners or maybe even developers for that matter to maybe convert some of this office space into residential or rental or even a hotel? And is there a market for that? Totally. And that's what's actually happening right now. So uh, the city of Calgary set up a grant program of $100 million in 2021. And that was going to go towards these projects, these conversion projects. So converting vacant or underutilized office towers into, call it multifamily, or, you know, there's even been some talk about perhaps this could be a good solution for, you know, a post-secondary institution or, you know, hotels. So we are seeing that start to happen. I think to date, they have doled out uh, what would be the equivalent of about 660,000 square feet. It would do that conversion for that amount. That's what's interesting, though, from the city's perspective, they think that we need to see about 6 million square feet converted to really move the needle. Wow. So obviously, you mean the downtown office market, it's, it's slowly making its way back. Mm-hmm. If we shift our focus to, say, retail, for example, how has the retail market been during the pandemic? You know, I've talked to property managers over in the Calgary marketplace, and they said it, it wasn't as doom and gloom as, as I guess maybe they first anticipated. How has the retail market been over yeah. the past couple of years, and where are we going with that? For sure. And I would agree. I think retail has performed well. You know, the one thing where we have challenges on the retail is downtown. So, and that's kind of, it's an interesting story because it's challenging because the people aren't there from the office side to support the retail. And so the retail aren't there. And then it's kind of like this chicken and egg concept, right? So you don't have the retail. It's hard to attract people to come back downtown. You don't have the people. It's hard to attract the retail. So retail has struggled right in the, in the downtown core, but I would say over Overall, performing quite well. So we have seen, uh, you know, there were a few lights out in terms of restaurants and and different groups, but we are seeing a real uptick in terms of activity on the retail front and some good interest from some some you know well financed. They're they're ready to go and get and get rolling again. You know, in terms of new businesses and things like that. So I think overall positive on the retail side. Industrial, uh, you sort of alluded to this a little bit. It's on fire right now in Calgary. Like we yes. are <laughs> full tilt. Yes. Yeah. So let let's 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 play. How much does this cost in your city? So over and only because like we've talked to a lot of people through the brokerage community and you know, people that are in the either they're in the developing sector with regards to industrial. They're either landowners with regards to industrial. And there's a lot of talk over here. And it's been for a few months about Calgary. And obviously because land costs over here are just atrocious. 
the price per square foot that they're selling for now is almost pricing out a lot of owner-occupiers, which really drove that market. And you hear a lot of companies now that maybe they put Edmonton or in Calgary now in the same equation, just from an affordability standpoint for their employees, from an affordability standpoint to acquire stuff. Over here, if I'm going to take Burnaby as an example, and I look at an acre of industrial development land, that's probably going to run me right now between seven and nine million an acre. <laughs> How much does it cost in Calgary? And let's say, give, give, a, give me your best industrial node. What does oh. one acre cost me in Calgary if I'm a developer? A lot less. So <laughs> if it was quite central, uh, you know, cl- close to downtown, kind of easy access to all areas of the city, if you're pushing a million. Wow. You, yeah, yeah. You, you'd be uh, getting good value for the land. On the flip side, you can go around the Ring Road. Development is so popular just north of the Ring Road in Balzac. And there's also a southeast development, uh, industrial development on the 84th Street Corridor, we kind of call it. And out there, you know, even for a two-acre parcel, for example, you're probably still getting it for about six, 600, 650 an acre wow. uh, if you're buying like a larger pocket of land. So the price are starting to go up because there's this this last two quarters, we've seen record investment purchase by some some groups you wouldn't normally suspect in our market, like Dream Industrial REIT bought land out in Balzac to develop, Anthem did. So some bigger players and more and more development out there. So it's driving up the price a bit, but nowhere near mm-hmm. Vancouver rates. So someone like like Anthem, are they buying it as a development merchant play to then sell off the strata lots, or are they buying it more from a landlord position to build out maybe these large fulfillment centers? Landlord position almost entirely would be out in Balzac. You know, the last six or so years have seen, oh, how many million? Probably about eight, nine million square feet of development now. Wow in Balzac and that's only growing and the real reason is you know it's a couple minutes on the other side of the ring road different municipality with lower property taxes and the delta is pretty much a dollar 25 a square foot for industrial users so it's you know you spend five minutes go on the other side of the ring road and for you know we've had Amazon Lowe's all these groups you know for a million square feet well you're talking you know, 1.1 million square feet or $1.1 million a year in property tax savings. So that's why. Adds up fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm a tenant, let's say I'm looking to get into the Balzac area, what type of lease rates would I be looking at as an incoming tenant? And you can pick any square footage you want. So we tend to see more of the medium to large bay kind of warehouse logistic users up there. There are the freestanding manufacturing facilities where there's more owner users, for example, in those those pockets, but say 50,000 square feet. Okay. And what's interesting is two years ago, that was probably going for 650, 675 a square foot. You know, if you were in like 50 to 100,000 square feet, okay. had your minimal office build out, right? Probably okay. 675 you could get as a starting rent. And now eights. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, quite a, quite a growth in the rental rate still, you know, from the, you know, mid to high double digit net rents we're hearing in Vancouver. Still <laughs> quite, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. This is a true yeah. story. There's a, a corridor we have sort of in the south part of Vancouver, East Kent Avenue, where you get a lot of the smaller Bay industrial stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And this goes back probably 12 or 13 years ago when I first got into the industry. I remember I did a deal. And I, I'm going to say it's 1,800 square feet, but I could be wrong. It was like mm-hmm. 650 a foot. And then your mm-hmm. ops and taxes were like more than your base rent. Okay. We had a whole bunch of clients that bought into that particular development, which at that time would take you like three years to sell it. You'd be have standing product and you'd still have a third to sell. Right. And, and those same spots, fast forward 12 or 13 years, are between 22 and 25 a foot, which oh. from a listener might be like, kind of like, oh, it's 25 a foot. But when you look at that on a percentage basis, that's quadrupled yes. in that time period. And on top of that, we've seen cap rates on the investment side going back at that time, probably five, five and a half. And fast forward to the height of the market in the middle of the pandemic with pretty much free money, you were seeing cap rates like sub 3%. So not only did the lease rate quadruple, but your cap compression was almost in half, which then took these $300,000 industrial spaces and then shot them up to one, two, one, five over Ooh. the course of a decade. If I'm an investor looking to enter this marketplace, what type of cap rates am I seeing? What type of vacancy rates am I seeing maybe in, in the, the Balzac area as an example? Balzac, so and if we go with Calgary, greater Calgary area in general, you know, we're around the two to three percent vacancy, two to four if you count, you know, availability. Spaces, so we're there. The Balzac would actually be considered um, higher, but only because it has the biggest kind of warehouses being built, where a bunch were on spec, or they're for specific tenants. So, you know, vacancy rate wise, it uh, it has the highest, but it's seeing the most demand because that is with industrial demand has been on fire the last, call it seven, eight months in particular, mm-hmm. seen a lot of that, but it is the e-commerce, logistics, warehousing type uses that's driving the majority of the demand. Less so, you know, it, with manufacturing spaces, small, smaller bay where it's more local, those kind of spaces still have some vacancy and, you know, there's still some of the usual suspects out there. But when it comes to logistics, you know, the last 15 years, that's the use that Calgary has seen tremendous growth in just with our positioning in Canada, just where our geographic location Mm -hmm. makes a a really compelling reason to to have facilities here. So that particular use is driving the, the majority of the, the new New development, yeah. So if I'm an investor and I, I come to you and I've got, let's just say, $3 million, not of my money, that's for sure, probably Adam's money, who's not here today, but it's probably <laughs> his money. And I show up with $3 million and I say, ladies, I want the best industrial investment you can get. What type of cap rate am I getting on that and where are you taking me? It, it, it can be $5 million. Adam's loaded. He owns property in Kelowna. <laughs> so so it could be $5 million. It could be whatever you think. If I come to you and say, hey, ladies, I need the best industrial investment over here in Vancouver, I'm getting product at, say, a three-cap rate where the, the rents are already, in my opinion, sky high. Maybe there's not a lot of room for those to go. I show up to your door with a bag of Adam's money. Take me anywhere you want. Give me the best cap rate in the best area. Where are you taking me? Well, for the best industrial product, it's not all that different. And when it comes to that with your kind of AAA class product, right now, it's get in line. There are limited opportunities because it's been in the Calgary market, it's been the asset class to outperform everything else through COVID. We saw a lot of trading in uh, you know, Q4 of 2021, Q1 of this year. It's trailed off a little bit because there's just limited opportunities now. Some of that trading's already happened. So 
different if, you know, looking for maybe less than triple A class or a different facility. There's some opportunities out there, but that has been the hot ticket wow. out of everything. You know, multifamily, office, retail, like industrial has outperformed everything else. So for that kind of product, get in line. So ladies, talking more about like the development world, obviously there's been a lot of challenges, supply chain issues, labor issues, all of that stuff that developers over here are dealing with. Are you guys seeing the same challenges in the development sector over in Calgary and the commercial side? And and where are the development prices going? Over here, we're seeing, I'm told stories from developers that they've seen as high as like a 25 to 30% increase on some costs since January of this year alone. Yep. We're seeing the same increases, actually. I was going to say 25 to 30% mm-hmm. is, is what we're hearing um, across the board. And that's, you know, industrial-wise, that's what's driving up rental rates. And, well, in part, vacancy is, is reducing. So that's one factor, but certainly supply chain cost and construction costs and new development. So there's just uncertainty. So we've actually talked to some developers that are the more nimble groups, Mm -hmm. their strategy has been to actually pre-order a bunch of materials that they know they're going to need and stockpile them if they can. If they've got their own space to do it or elsewhere, it makes sense for them to purchase materials. So some of them have a bit of a competitive advantage and haven't had to, uh, you know, feel, um, yeah, feel the pinch quite as much as others. So that was one strategy. But since I'd say since January, it's been a 25 to 30% across the board. Now, have you guys seen developers put projects on hold? We've, we've experienced that over here now. We've had several uh, offices throughout the province where we've received unfortunate notices from developers where either the project's going to be put on hold till further notice and they've canceled contracts, or we've had situations where the developers just canceled the contracts, costs have got too high, they've pivoted, and then three months later they're coming out at like 20 or 25% more per foot for that same project. Have you Are you guys seeing that over there yet? Is that, that got to Calgary yet? No, no, I'd say no. And we've got a lot of industrial development coming on stream in the next 12 months, you know, upwards of about 10 million square feet. And, you know, for example, on say 10 to 20,000 square feet, where that might have been 1050 a couple years ago, now we're approaching say $13. Wow. Now, so, uh, but there, maybe it's a function of the land cost. It's just yeah. that different where, no, I think they're still able to make it up because really, if they were to push rents another 50 cents or 75 cents, whatever they might need to make up the difference, I think the market will bear at this point. So it, I, we haven't we haven't heard of any projects that are on hold. Yeah, no, we're kind of seeing the same thing over here where the market absorption has just been so high on the, the leasing side of it, especially in the industrial asset class, that as these rates continue just to go up, People keep paying them, and we've talked to a lot of developers. You know, Vancouver Island as an example, which, depending on what report you read, has the lowest vacancy rate in that asset class in all of North America right now, where there, we're anticipating there's about 1 to 1.2 million square feet in the pipeline that's coming out. Is They said their costs are going up. Those are unfortunately getting passed on to both the buyers in the, in the strata markets, but also in the leasing side. And the absorption rates have been so high, the market's been able to swallow that. At some point with rising interest rates, I think that will obviously come to a halt. But so far, we haven't seen that. It sounds like in Calgary on the leasing side, you're seeing the same thing? We are. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We'll, 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 we'll touch base a little bit here on, on, on the interest rate side of things. 
developers that you're dealing with, and obviously a lot of people when we talk about interest rates, they're thinking about buying houses. But you know, maybe our listeners don't realize how this affects a lot of businesses where businesses are using operating lines of credit to operate and run. You mean those interest rates on prime plus one, prime plus two start to add up really quickly. Developers, the same thing. What do you guys foresee these interest rates and the impact potentially it may have on the overall Calgary commercial market? I think it depends on depends on the asset and maybe the size of institution in that way. You know, on one hand, we have some deals we're working on right now where where it wouldn't say it might be a condo and whatnot. And the hike that's coming that everybody expects, that is affecting those deals. So we're starting to see more talk, right? In general, from the larger institution developers and, and groups that we deal with, talk with, they know it's coming and they're planning for it. The overall feedback, though, is their position to handle it in a way. And their comment is really like money has been for so long, like at some point they were prepared for it to go up at yeah. some degree, right? Like it, it kind of had nowhere to go but up. So it will affect things. If, if it gets drastic, you know, sure. the overall comments have been, well, like we're all, we're all going to be in the same boat. So what does that mean? So <laughs> yeah. it's, tough to, it's tough to pinpoint, right? I mean, there's a certain amount that the market can bear without it starting to dramatically affect. But I think we hear, you know, inflation, mm-hmm. right? Like the, there's concerns on that front for sure. And we're seeing that over here as well. Like the inflation part is in, in interest rates and all this stuff is like not so much. I mean, obviously on the sales side, it's pretty obvious as, as interest rates rise. I mean, the qualifications become harder, the, the loan to value start to shrink. But on the leasing side as well, we're seeing that where companies are questioning their expansion plans or maybe they're putting their expansion plans on hold just yeah. because they don't know. And a lot of these companies are kind of like, we're, we're stuck with labor challenges. We're stuck yeah, with yeah. supply issues. Can we even sell product to people that can they afford to buy our product if the interest rates continue to rise? So we're starting to see that trickle into a lot of the leasing side where the leasing market's still, you know, fairly competitive and moving. But it's definitely, you've seen a slowdown in it. Granted, we came off of a ridiculously hot market over the past year that mm-hmm. things are, are, are having to grind out a little bit longer to get deals done because companies are a little more hesitant and landlords are starting to have to put a little more on the table to get these type of tenants, especially in these longer-term deals, if you want escalations in it because there's just a little bit of hesitancy right now with where are we heading. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where is your vacancy rate uh, downtown, Corey? Like your downtown office? Uh, <sighs> Depends on what report you read. You know I mean, yeah. probably right now, you mean some reports say like four to six, some reports say like six to eight. I think a lot of some of the higher reports are probably taking into consideration things for like sublease out there. And what we, what we obviously when the pandemic hit, I mean, everyone was screaming the office market is dead. And I, I was probably a little too vocal around the company at the time when the first things hit. I, I was always preaching people's are, people are creatures of habit. And when you look sure. at 9-11 yeah. and you look at all of these situations yeah. that, that unfolded where we thought certain industries or asset classes would completely die, they kind of all came back. And I mean, we were very mm-hmm. fortunate yeah. in our office market. We're land constrained to start with, obviously. And downtown, I mean, there's a lot of condo towers, so there's not nearly as much land downtown for office towers. As, there, as people might think, we're not typically a head office city, but we're kind of slowly merging into like a secondary head office city, like with companies like Amazon and stuff. But we've been yeah. very fortunate that during the pandemic, places that did come for lease were getting swallowed up by the tech industry. 
So that was our number one driver. So during the pandemic, you had Amazon that's committed to the post building, which I think they're about 1.1 million square feet in total. And then you've had Sony expand. Microsoft has done major expansion in the downtown core. You've got several app companies. Apple's now committed to, I think it's 60,000 square feet. So Mm -hmm. we were very fortunate from an office standpoint that as stuff did come available, it was getting backfilled by the tech industry, which obviously grew immensely during the pandemic. So we didn't really feel it as much. And I think there was also a little bit of a little bit of fear out there from a la- from a tenant perspective that although your space wasn't being utilized during the pandemic, if your rents were coming due, there was always the fear that, well, if I don't renew, will I ever get back in? Because pre-pandemic, we were seeing lease rates get up into like the $50, $55 range for some of the premium product on the office side of it. And I think when you look at the San Francisco Silicon Valley tenants, which is one of our, our largest drivers of office space up here now, you know, pre-pandemic, AAA office space in San Francisco was 85 to 95 bucks. So, so when they look it up here and they see us at 40, for example, and they right. get a conversion on the dollar and they feel the pool of talent is very strong to draw from, it's a deal for them. Oh, sure. So, yeah. so when they're the one driving the marketplace, for them, it's a discount. But for the local law firm that's paying yeah. 20 bucks, that's getting a renewal notice at 32 bucks, plus they have right. you know, climbing labor costs and everything surrounding it, it was yeah. maybe somewhat challenging for them. But I think, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert in, in the vacancy rate, but I, I would I would say four to five right now is probably where it kind of okay. sits. And the absorption rate of the new product coming on was fairly good. Obviously, the product that was getting set to be delivered during COVID or was coming to completion during COVID, that product hasn't probably backfilled as much. But we, we had mm-hmm. some big deals like Salesforce was another really big deal that was signed. So I'd say we're yeah. probably four to five percent would be my guess. But again, I'm not an expert in that. Vacancy rate by any stretch of the imagination. In downtown Calgary, we re- so I mentioned before we're north of thirty percent vacancy. Yeah, there's really sort of a tale of two cities. So I can share, you know, the double A class buildings in in Calgary. We're more like nine percent vacant. So, and we can be like fifty percent vacant, and sometimes considerably more kind of West End B class product. So we've got like a real split or divide between the better quality assets in Calgary and call it the lower quality assets locationally more on the West End. The totally two different two different markets, I would say. So we actually have. I was chatting with some owners of double A class real estate in Calgary downtown, they're actually raising rates right now. So a lot of people would be scratching their heads and saying, geez, Calgary, like downtown, you're, you know, 33% vacant and you're raising rates. And, and the answer is people want to be in the better quality buildings. They're performing well and landlords see demand continue. Uh, and so, yeah, rates are, are creeping up for the best quality assets, but, um, still, we still have our challenges. It's cheap, cheap on the West End. <laughs> so when we say cheap, what, what type of, what would a tenant be looking at? Like our cheap stuff in Vancouver now is probably, probably easily north of 20, I would guess, for the cheaper stuff. And then probably the better stuff is probably 40, 50. What would a cheaper office tenant be expecting? Buckle up, op cost only. So you're telling me that William Wright Commercial's next office needs to be in Calgary. Come on down. <laughs> well, it's, 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 yeah, op cost only on the West End for sure. Yeah, or maybe one to two bucks. It's it's nah. funny. A friend of mine who is a lawyer in Calgary, he had mentioned on this is probably during the the oil crash, the building he was in. I'm going to guess just based on the law firm that it was. It was probably a nicer building, mm-hmm. and and I think I think he said it was like 18, maybe it was 28 stories. Mm-hmm. And after the oil went kaboom, he said there was only four tenants on four mm-hmm. different floors that were in the building, 
and the rest yeah. of the building was pretty much locked off because they were all oil and gas tenants. And yeah. at that time, he said landlords were, were doing deals at ops and taxes, mm-hmm. you know, reduced ops and just, just to stop the bleeding at that point. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like our better quality. So call it a class, a, a, a typical a class. Uh, we'd be in the call it mid, mid teens, mid to high teens. Okay. They do buy that, right? So they they're giving still some pretty juicy incentive packages. So you know, ample free rent, gross free. They're giving you know they're turnkeying space for people. So you know we're not. Uh, we were back in the tight market back when I, I referenced 2007. I'll never forget. There was a deal that was done in arguably you know B minus asset class. They had to sign up for 10 years at 45 dollars net. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, you know, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride in Calgary. And now, you know, some of those buildings, West End, yeah, they they can't give it away. So they have, you know, promotions where they're like, you know, we'll do a, a gross rate of call it $17, $18 gross to get deals. Yeah. Well, I guess as, as a final question, ladies, I know, I know you got the stampede on your mind there. Where is the Calgary commercial real estate market going? Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a glass half full answer. That's a, well, you know, Corey, if you're a broker, you have to be optimistic or I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I so agree. I agree. I think we're going to see, you know, it's good. We have our challenges in Calgary, we're, particularly on the office side. We have our challenges. There's no, there's no getting around it. Um, but Calgarians by nature are very innovative and entrepreneurial. I think we're going to see some really cool things come out of this and it's going to just make our city that much stronger. So I really do believe we're going to see a shift. I also believe at a, like a basic level, I think we're going to see a transition to clean energy. And I think Calgary is naturally positioned to be that provider of clean energy. We have a lot of highly educated people in our market, young professionals in our market. And I think that there's a great opportunity for Calgary to lead the way, you know, with respect to clean energy and with respect to tax. So I think there's, there is opportunities. It's just going to take time for us to recover. And I think, what would you say, Larry, on the industrial? I think it's going to be interesting too. It will be. And we've got a lot of product coming on. So, you know, Time will tell to see, you know, how low vacancy does get over the next 12 months. But I think we're so well positioned and, you know, logistics is is not going anywhere. And we've got lots of land around us. Mm -hmm. So I think we're... I think we're well positioned to for the industrial market to continue to grow and and strong performance. Don't see don't see that much of a change there, mm-hmm. except optimism. Well, bef- before we let you guys go get the wine openers and get your stampede week started here, <laughs> we have six lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests so we get to know you a little bit more outside of the office. Do you have just a few more minutes for us? Of course we do. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Okay, so this is what we call our six-pack. So we'll make this the 12-pack because, A, it's Stampede Week, but we got two of you. So first question up, <laughs> favorite vacation spot when you guys find the time? Uh, Lori, my favorite vacation spot is uh, Phoenix. Good one. Tough choice. Okay. Uh, I will say, you know what? The Maritimes, Nova Scotia. 
is beautiful. And all of my in-law family is there. They get the most gorgeous summers. It's, it's beautiful. So that's a beautiful spot. Two, two great choices. What are you ladies currently binging on Netflix? This is embarrassing, Corey. No, nothing's so, embarrassing. I, 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 can, I can tell you some pretty embarrassing stories of what I watch, but I'll let you guys go first. Mine is slightly embarrassing. This is Lori again. So I, I'm not a huge TV watcher. I have two teenage boys, and so I don't have who play sports, and so I don't have a lot of free time to binge. But I am admittedly binge watching Ling Empire right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that because I myself have sat down and got through four or five episodes back to back to back to back. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's it's entertaining. I can turn my brain off and away we go. Yeah. It's, it's like watching NASCAR. You, you know it's going to crash. You're waiting for something bad to happen and these they just totally. keep feeling the fire. So no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. You know what? There, I've been watching so, some stand-up comedy. There's some good ones on right now. There's um, Christella Alonzo was one I watched recently and, and she's pretty funny good no i actually I, I i'm with you I, I was i can't remember i watched this one gentleman that I, I can't remember what his name was but he was hilarious oh totally yeah so, lots to choose from so that's always a good that's always a good pick at the end of some days mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's stampede week here you ladies are at now is cowboys still open in calgary uh yes okay so stampede week here you've had a couple glasses of wine you're at cowboys someone sticks a karaoke mic in front of you what song are you singing oh uh, Garth Brooks in Low Places. Oh, that's a good one. I'll Survive by, is it Gloria Gaynor or something? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just like the office broker in me. I'll Survive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. so, so that leads me to my next question. Favorite band or singer? Now this, now again, we talk about embarrassing things or whatever, just everything's on the table. I am the biggest Nickelback fan. So there's nothing embarrassing there's after that. So I'll let you ladies pick it up from there. Yeah, you know, I am, believe it or not, rancid right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's, that's not nice. bad. I remember those guys. I've, I've got a very eclectic mix of, of musical taste, but I was a big fan of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, and for some, I'm listening to a bunch of that lately. It's good anytime. I, I was on the Peloton this morning and I had Jeremy by Pearl Jam, where I think I listened to like three or four times in a row. I hadn't heard it for so long. So I'm, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. So Lorraine and I are going to swap out our cowboy shirts after Stampede for flannel, right? (laughs) (laughs) A book that all of our listeners have to read. This is a good, this is a Stemperoo. (laughs) This is a Stemperoo. Does it have to be real estate related? No, no, it can be anything you want. Anything you want. Adam, my co-host and Matt, my co-host, they're not here today so I can make fun of them, but their favorite book is like Color by Numbers. Okay, I'll, I'll throw it out there. As as a parent of small children, uh, don't shoot the dog. Don't shoot the dog, okay. And I think the non-parents can get a lot out of that book. Right. Don't shoot the dog. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I would, I'm going to go kind of weird on this, but my favorite book actually is Jane Eyre, believe it or not. <laughs> Charlotte Bronte, Jane Eyre. There you go. I know. I love that book. That's I can weird. say we haven't had that one yet, so there's a first for everything. No. Last question for you, ladies. You're on death row. You get one meal. What's your final meal? Okay, I don't want to be on death row, Corey. That's well, I, we're, not, we're not putting you there. Just we're just we're just <laughs> hypothetically, let's say hypothetical. I would say pizza for me. Pizza, good one. Uh, it, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is um, my late grandmother made the best, absolute best fried chicken. 
Well, can't so be if I could, I, um, I wouldn't be able to get her fried chicken anymore, but if I could, would KFC cut it, Lorraine? No, not at all. <laughs> there, there was, I don't know. She was, you know, farm cooking. I don't know. There was something in the water. It can't be replicated. That's a good one. And, and ladies, we are, once again, we appreciate taking all the time to join us today. How can our listeners find out more about you ladies and obviously Scout Real Estate? Well, you can find us on our website. So it's www.scoutrealestate.ca. But you can also check out, we actually have a podcast too, Corey. So Tell us Lorraine, more. Yeah, Lorraine and I host a podcast called Leasing Out Loud. And we have recorded, I think, 48 episodes uh, so far. Mm-hmm. And we, like you, interview people and learn more about what's happening in the commercial real estate space and kind of share some tips and tricks for, call it, owners of businesses and, and you know things to watch out for on the leasing side. So you can find Leasing Out Loud on Spotify, Apple, Audible. You can find us there. Well, great. Well, thank you, ladies, once again for all your time. We do appreciate you sort of providing us some insight and insight on what's happening over there in Calgary. And without further ado, I'm going to now let you guys go enjoy Stampede Week and have a beer. Awesome. Well, thank you again for having us. It was a pleasure. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. We can compare notes, Calgary versus Vancouver. That sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much, ladies, for your time once again. Take care. Thank Thanks. you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks, there you have it. Lori and Lorraine of Scout Real Estate Calgary. I'll be honest with you. I learned so much in that episode. There was so much more optimism than even I was predicting. I'm excited about Calgary. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, I've always liked Calgary, and I feel like they've been... It's funny, you mentioned, and I guess it came from Lori and Lorraine, that uh, they've been down so long that it looks like up to them. Yeah. But it does yeah. feel like there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, really, well, young, the population's young, educated. It's a beautiful place. I mean, it makes yeah. a lot of sense that there's that Calgary has legs. Well, they kind of best describe it when they say buckle up. Because you're the, the difference really between Calgary and Edmonton seems to be Edmonton's more of a flat market that sort of trends upwards very slowly, very government-based. Right. Versus Calgary seems to be both huge highs and huge lows. So, I mean, you definitely have to be in a position to stomach that as an investor if you do go into those markets or from a business owner locally there, it seems like. But overall, great market, lots of optimism going on in Calgary. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I want to learn more. I followed up with the ladies after the show there and just sort of talked to them a little bit further about the market and kind of investment opportunities and all of that stuff. So, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a lot to unpack in the episode and it's really, really well done by the ladies there. Fantastic. Well, Corey, how can people find out more if they want to learn about Calgary, but uh, even more importantly, BC Commercial Real Estate, how can they find out more and get in touch with you over at William Wright? Well, William Wright Calgary hasn't opened (laughs) just yet, but for (laughs) BC, you can reach us at our Vancouver office anytime, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best broker in the province to help you out there. You can send me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate and hear from listeners, as well as you can visit our website, which, drumroll, eight months later, we'll be launching our new WilliamWright.ca, finally. That will be coming out any week now, so definitely go check that out. Sign up for the latest and greatest news, and we'll find out all the exciting stuff before the public does anything to do with William Wright. Fantastic. And of course, these episodes live at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com as well with summaries of each episode. So if you don't have time, you want to go back and kind of delve into it on the computer after you listen, vancouverrealestatepodcast.com for all things real estate related. 
And uh, Corey, I guess we'll leave it there. It's sunny out finally. Hopefully, I I know you're working as am I, but uh, hopefully you get some some time to enjoy the sun. Yeah, no, you as well. And uh, look forward to our next episode. We have the mayor of Parksville joining us next week to unpack all the exciting stuff that's going on in Parksville. Believe it or not, last time I was there, I couldn't believe the development was going on. So we're excited to have the mayor on to tell us all about it. I'm actually uh, excited not only to talk to another mayor, but Parksville strikes me as a very interesting place to be looking at right now. So I look forward to it and we'll be back next week. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you next week. Subscribe today.